Welcome to chapter seven of this audio series on solving problems with technology by Smudge. I'm your host, Toby, for this chapter on simplicity. So let's get started. In the world of technology, we hear a lot about simplicity. It's almost become a buzzword. But what does it actually mean, and why is it important? In this chapter, we'll dig into the idea of simplicity, explain why we believe it's one of the most important concepts when building technology products, and I'll give you some strategies and techniques to help you simplify your creative processes so you can make products that have more impact for users. So what do we mean by simplicity? Well, firstly, simplicity means finding the clearest, most efficient, and most effective way to do something. From many years of research, it's been proving when solving problems, humans are more likely to consider adding or creating something new rather than eliminating or reducing. This is called addition bias, where we solve problems by adding complexity. This approach is counterintuitive when you think about it. But simplicity doesn't mean ignoring complexity. It means taking the time and effort to understand it so well that we can obscure it from the user. At Smudge, we strive for simplicity in everything we do, even when it makes it harder for us. Once we've unpacked the complexity of a problem, we can start paring away the parts we don't need. So why is simplicity important? Over the last decade, the perception of what constitutes a good or bad user experience has evolved. When you're creating software today, the bar is very high. Our most common experiences with technology are hyper-polished interactions created by multi-billion dollar companies. If a user has to think about what they're doing, or if there's any confusion about how they're doing it, then technology is getting in the way. And our tolerance is ever lower as the world around us gets more automated and advanced. This can affect both someone's ability to use a product and even whether they choose to use it at all. That's why simplicity is so important. While designing for simplicity is worth it, it's definitely challenging. As author Mark Twain once said, I didn't have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one instead. The search for simplicity can be very time consuming. Initially, the journey to simplicity starts with more complexity. Working through complexity is hard, but it needs to be done to create the best user experience. Knowing this can allow you to leave space for the complexity that inevitably comes instead of trying to rush into a solution mid-flow. But you're probably wondering, how do I actually do this? Disney coined a model that does a great job of framing up the three phases of getting to the simplest idea. It's called Dreamer, Realist, Critic. The first phase is where you ideate and dream. You might have already done some field research and have an understanding of your users, and if you have, your own assumptions about how to solve the problem will be forming. However, it's important to keep things wide at this point. A great exercise to do here is called, what if we? Ask your team and your stakeholders for their most outlandish ideas. What if anything was possible? This may seem unnecessary and even frivolous, but this exercise helps remove your own assumptions about how to solve the problem and the boundary conditions your brain automatically places around how the problem could be solved. A great example of the power of this exercise comes from the influential design and innovation studio, IDEO, who devised a novel way to keep children still while having an MRI scan. There were lots of ideas that were suggested, 
from sedating the children to designing new MRI technology. However, the idea that prevailed was an out-of-the-box solution that looks at how a child might actually want to stay still. Creativity and play was used to turn the MRI scan into a time machine experience where the child chose to stay still as they participated. Usually, what-if-we sessions don't result in such fully formed ideas like this one, but they often do have fantastic elements that can be incorporated into an end product. These partial ideas are called magic moments. Part of the solution you know adds a lot of value for your end users, even if you don't know what the rest of the solution looks like yet. For example, when we were creating an app for New Zealand police to help combat domestic violence, one pain point was that victims don't often want to talk to police officers, especially when the offender is in the same house. One of the what-if dreams was, what if participants don't need to talk to officers at all? What if we get participants to fill in the domestic violence report themselves? This idea is nothing more than a dream. There are so many reasons why it wouldn't work, couldn't work, and might even be illegal. But one element developed from this idea became a core part of the final product. We created a solution using a locked down kiosk mode within the app that enables victims to give attending officers information about the incident without speaking out loud. We knew that would be an amazing value add to the solution before we knew anything else about it. So when you start ideating your idea, be a dreamer and ask, what if? The second stage is about looking at ideas through the lens of a realist. Usually, at this point, there are some ideas that are partially formed that are more realistic than others. Because of this, we ask what would be practical to achieve. This is where balance comes in. As we've mentioned before, this is an important idea that involves making trade-offs between human, business and technology elements. What's going to be too expensive to build? What's going to take too long? What's going to be limited by the laws of physics? The third phase is called critic. This is where you poke holes in your ideas and deliberately try to break them. It's also about editing what ends up in the final product, which is very difficult. The hardest decisions are about what to leave out. This phase is ultimately the most important to get to a simple outcome. And don't stop too early. Keep refining and critiquing your solution until you've distilled it down to simplicity. We have a framework to help you think like a critic. We have three usability heuristics, consistency, communication, and flexibility. Consistency means matching the conscious and subconscious expectations of the user. Communication means using different forms of communication appropriately. And flexibility means empowering the user to work in a way that suits them. For more detail on these three heuristics, and to access some simple tools to help evaluate your thinking, follow the links in the chapter notes. So in summary, when designing a product, unless you're creating an experience that's designed to be immersive like a game, the role of a designer or developer should be to enable the user to do what they need to do as quickly and easily as possible so they can get out of your app and get on with their lives. The default approach to solving problems tends to be through addition and adding complexity. It takes effort and intentionality to design with simplicity, but it's worth it, both for creators and end users. So that was chapter seven on simplicity. We've only really scratched the surface here. For more detail on the ideas we've discussed, 
And for additional resources to help you drive simplicity, check out our chapter notes.